flight line, on the flight line. ZUCAP 331 Delta. Delta, 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 Delta. It's, uh, what is it, Tuesday night of AirVenture 2013? I'm no longer sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday, Tuesday night. Let me check a resource. Anyways, we're on the flight line of AirVenture 2013. and uh, Tuesday, right there. It's kind of late in the evening. Sun has set. It's still light enough to see, but uh, it's definitely getting dark. Uh, it was a busy day at AirVenture, uh, and I'm here with uh, Jeb and Dave, and our friend Fred Johnson has joined us. Hi, Fred. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. So, uh, let's see. What happened today? All right. The big news today... All right, was the Jetman. The Jetman, all right. The big news, who was a and, small shot. Yeah, I know, really. So, Jeb, you were with me. We saw the Jetman. Right. What was your thought? Um, I wouldn't want to do that. Yep. Um, he was too high for good viewing. He, there may have been good operational and safety reasons for him to be, have been so high. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I was, yeah, I mean, I, having what, seen What it, can you say? The, the guy's got a pair of nice big brass ones. Yeah. It's a thing. You know, that safety implication, the horrible risk, and, and, and not long before and not long after, we had machines weighing thousands of pounds going hundreds of miles an hour, hurtling along inches off the runway, upside down, and they're worried about a guy in a jet. I hope the hell that wasn't a problem. Yeah. So anyways, it was a little... Fred, did you get a chance to see it? I didn't, so I'm hoping that you'll describe for me you know, what kind of horizontal speed did he have, what kind of descent did he have? Uh, Tell me about it. Very fast horizontally, not very fast, except when he fell out of the helicopter. Apparently dropped for a while until he kind of gets going. I just kind of high speed. Knots. Yeah, he was zipping back and forth, he, he but he was, wasn't coming down very much. No, he was it, it was maybe 5,500, something like that. Wow. Well, I think, I think the helicopter was a 65, they said, at the drop point. I'm going to 65. I'm going to give him 1,000 to, to accelerate and, and, and recover. Um, so, it, But he didn't vary his altitude very much that I could tell. That's impressive. Um, so he was, But he was at 5,500, and it's one guy... So he's, he's kind of hard to see out of well, all this. He, I lost him two or three times. He, he couldn't get a lot higher with that well, breaking no. cloud. No, but I, I get all that. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is maybe he could have gotten a little bit lower. I think he definitely could have gotten a little bit lower. I, I think he could have. Gravity has that effect on aircraft. Someone said, you know, it was a matter of um, parachute opening height. Which I understand was supposed to be at 2,500. I understand. So Which I, I don't understand. I don't. I, I don't understand any of it. Is, is yeah. it I, I guess my punchline. I'm not a parachutist. I'm not. I'm not one of the technology. I don't know what it takes. I don't know what his his uh, you know his mock tuck number is. I, you know. But I think overall, I, I, I think conceptually, we were all very impressed by the whole thing. It was very impressive. It was the guy. Amazing to see. Yeah, you yeah, know, just really a human is. body with a wing strapped on his back, yeah. hurtling along at four dead engine. Yeah. But I think a lot of yeah. us were disappointed that he didn't yeah. get closer to us while he was flying. And okay. so, I would have liked to have seen him much closer, or, or certainly closer. But I think also I would have liked to have heard him. Yeah, that's right. I, there was very little audio feedback from this. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of, uh, uh, we heard a little bit of it way in the distance. Yeah, now we saw him, you know, he was on the Jumbotron. Yeah. He had cameras mounted on the, excuse me, had cameras mounted on the craft, uh, and they were remoted out to the uh, Jumbotrons here on the flight line. Um, and he did a couple of rolls. Which, to me, is, again, you're pushing the envelope here. And this is, you know, obviously a completely experimental rig. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, yeah. They don't know what's wrong with it until they go over the line, and they don't know where the line is yet. Yeah. So. And the funny thing is, for all the, you know, and I'm hoping we're completely off base in this, but it was, 
it was within, you know, a uh, hundred feet or so flying formation with an aircraft yesterday. That's counting his photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't understand the distinction. I don't understand why he couldn't have gotten either. lower. I don't either. Yeah. Now, by the way, I did get one little bit of information because we were talking about this the other night. All right. Apparently, he has an N number. Yeah, he has to now uh, because they weren't going to let him fly here. Uh, what? How is it? How is it registered? Certificate? That's what we can't figure think, out yet. I but think it's experimental exhibition class. That's what someone else suggested as well. Yeah. Sure, what do you think? I, I'm just laughing at the end number part. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, how much is parachute? How much is airplane? And, and in fact, tell me more. Was the canopy when when he landed? Did it look like it was a larger canopy because he's yeah, packing yeah. all that weight, or it looked pretty normal? It looked like a pretty normal canopy. Um, yeah, well, drug shoes sized according to the jumper. Oh, I've seen a lot yeah. of those with drug shoes, so it wasn't. A, I yeah. didn't see anything odd about the shoot. Yeah. So, anyways, let's move on. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we're going to talk more about the Jetman before the week is out. I'm we still see. curious where he carries the fuel, but that's for another podcast. That's for another podcast. <laughs> anyways, um, and, and let me just be clear. All right. <laughs> let me just make something very clear. As one gets older, that comment takes on different meaning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me just be clear about one thing here. All right, I have I have seen jumbotrons. I like jumbotrons. That was not a jumbotron. I don't want to see a jumbotron on the yeah, flight line. Right, yeah, okay. um, it was a great screen. It was not a jumbotron. It was not very they, big. They were calling it a jumbotron. It was a big flat screen. It was a big flat screen. And and and, and credit to them for the idea of trying to to do some things that bring the uh, spectators a little bit closer, uh, like maybe almost looking as close as you could fly formation on a B-17. Fred, when we first met you years ago, you've been a member of the newspaper staff for a long time. You've been on the podcast before as well. Um, You were uh, involved. You were the, forgive me, I don't recall your exact title, but you were uh, over at uh, Andrews, right? Uh, Not Andrews. um, um, Edwards. um, Edwards. It was one of those guys' names, right? And uh, involved with the museum there. Is that right? Yes. yes. And you've since retired in the last couple of years. Retired as director of the Air Force Flight Test Center Museum. Mm -hmm. And so now you're you're one of these guys who's now working harder as a retired person than, well, you're working more as a retired person than, than you did when you were working. What are you doing now? You're, you've got a great website uh, and, uh, and YouTube channel. What's it called? Well, thank you. They, they're both called Air Rail Images, and there's a, a, an intersection between railroads and trains. People seem to like both, and I'm finding this is, is more than just anecdotal. So we cover both, largely from a historical perspective, a lot of videos, a lot of stills, starting to put up some hopefully useful research data. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And now, is it the case that through your contacts through the museum world that you have access to a lot of archival old footage? Is that what you're doing there? Well, I the same access that you or anybody else would have. But, uh, but you're in the know. Well, maybe I know where it resides, yes. Yeah. But, but it is something that is publicly available. And, yes, I am dubbing a lot of video and a lot of images from the National Archives and from other archives that I am using for productions on the site. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff there. People should check it out. Thank you. Yeah. So here at the show, uh, you, uh, your beat has always been warbirds, uh, and uh, what's, uh, what's going on here this week in the warbird world? Anything special? There, there are a number of things that are pretty exciting this year, and the, the juxtaposition of a derelict wildcat out of Lake Michigan next to a four-week-old ground-up restoration of a wildcat is just amazing. It just mm-hmm. shows you the, the range of what can be done, and the quality of restoration Things are being done that would not have even been considered 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that airframe that they pulled out of the—that's the one that's on the trailer right at the corner.
right, right beyond the taxiway, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Are, are they going to restore that, or is that going to be displayed the way it is, or what's the plan? It will be restored. There is a, a fundraiser going on. What happens is the Navy says they still own all of the Navy wrecks in Lake Michigan. So the Navy's foundation that supports their museum raises funds for getting the aircraft out of the lake and subsequently having them restored, and then they are placed with museums. A number of them go to the Naval Aviation Museum at Pensacola. Other museums have some as well. So, yes, it will be restored. Yeah, that'll be cool. It, it's kind of stunning looking over there. It's, you know, we see pictures of these things as they've been pulled out of the water or out of the ice or out of the whatever, but... That's, that's just what it looks like, and we see a real one right there. Jeb, you were going to say something. Are, are they going to be able to use anything other than the data plate? They are saying that they can actually use about 90% of that uh, aircraft. Of course, there will be a lot of skin, a lot of, a lot of stuff will be done new. It, it came to rest inverted on the lake bottom, so the top of the cowling is corroded away. But uh, they're actually saying that they're guessing they could probably keep about 90% mm -hmm. for a static restoration. I can't, I couldn't help but wonder what happened to the pilot in that particular incident. He was a lucky guy. Uh, he was making his third takeoff of the day from a carrier. Engine packed up cold on him, rolled off the end of the deck into the water. The carrier rolled over him, and he managed to survive. Very chilly day. Wow. And he went on to have a, a full career and a happy life. Ah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad, because that's not what the image I was... That's good. I'm impressed you know all that. It's Fred. He knows I, I this know. stuff. But I'm still impressed. I'm always impressed. Yeah. By Fred. Anyway, that's why that's why Fred's our go-to guy for all the uh -huh. Warbird yeah. stuff. Yeah, going back quite a ways for Air Venture today. I know. Exactly I know right. that. I know that. And nobody else there works harder at, at, at turning and churning the stuff. Yeah. And Jeb, uh, for anybody that sees this tomorrow, uh, you'll be able to see a lot of Fred's stuff in uh, the paper all week and a couple of pieces, one he did uh, in concert with uh, Barb Schmidt in tomorrow's Air Venture today. Yeah. So. And, on the, website. and, and on the website. And if you're not here at the show and able to pick up a hard copy, it's always on the web. Yeah. So um, this is supposed to be a short podcast and we're having too much fun here. It's a daily. There's a few things I wanted to talk about here. Let's see now. Um, um, there, there was a really cool airplane on the ramp. It was a triple seven, FedEx triple seven was on the ramp. That's an impressive airplane. That's uh, that, you know, I mean, that's not as big, not as beautiful as a seven eighty seven, not as ugly as a three eighty. But <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm not sure that the the triple seven. A couple of the lines on the triple seven um, look very digital. Yeah, uh, the uh, I'm not sure what that means. The uh, uh, fairing uh, at the aft end of the fuselage below the vertical stabilizer. That's it's very you know high tech. It's very uh, aerodynamic, I'm sure, but it also looks very digital. It looks like it came from a computer. And, and that's and, a good and, thing or a bad and thing? And the rest of the airplane doesn't look like that. Okay, I get the feeling that's a bad thing. Well, the 777 yeah. started its existence as a design variation of the 767, and the initial project was called the 767X. And there was a debate about whether they were going to make another variation of the 67, add another series of numbers to the back of it. And the further they got into it, changing the power plants, changing the avionics, they decided to give it an all-new name, a number, numbers, the 777. And it was designed right on the cusp of uh, the, some big leaps in computer-aided design. Uh, which I think accounts for some of that looking like it was designed on a computer. Well, they, were, they hadn't yet gone from the full animation, for, uh, from, the, from the wire animation. That raises the question in my mind of, you know, another five, 
10 years, Boeing will strike out and they'll develop a new design. They'll call it the 797. What are they going to call the design after that one? Yeah, I know. Well, you know. <laughs> well, they did that. Yeah, they ate up 787 because that's an all-new one. You know. Roundup. Apple just ran out of big cats to name their operating systems after, too. So, you know, time marches on. Anyways, what else? Well, they should start naming them after, you know, things like Siamese. Yeah, okay. Um, next is, uh, what else? Apple's uh, domestic short hair software. Here's what I want to. Um, there's an interesting You'll project. Cut that out. There's here. an interesting project that I wanted to call attention to here this this year that I think uh, I want people to think about. Um, it's called Makerplane. It's uh, a guy who is uh, uh, sort of the lead of a, of a distributed team that is trying to create a set of plans and, and uh, you know drawings and designs Materials and the whole thing. list and right, the whole bit yeah. to, to build an airplane. But the trick is that it will be open source. It will be freely available and distributable to anybody who wants to build this particular aircraft. And uh, it's an interesting project. And uh, he's trying to raise money right now. He's got sort of prototypes of prototypes right now, um, and uh, and he's he's got an interesting story to tell. Including it, it, among the, uh, you can start building this at home to make this project cheaper. Uh, items is a build-it-yourself CNC controlled lathe. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that you can you know computer generate. Or computer manufacture parts. Yeah. Uh, and in addition and, to the and, and a 3D printer for non-structural right. parts. Yeah. Right. So in addition to uh, the airframe, which I originally thought it was just the airframe that he was designing, but he's also developing plans for some electronic system, avionics systems. Um, he's using some of the very very common, uh, you know, maker DIY uh, tools like like the Raspberry Pi computer and the Arduino computers and those kinds of things in order to develop uh, uh, glass panel type elements that. That, uh, may eventually be usable in the aircraft. So, if you're at all interested in that kind of thing, uh, go to Ma- I think it's Maker it's Makerplane something. It's Makerplane.com. I think it's makerplane.org. Dot org. Sounds right. Okay. I'm sure if you Google Makerplane, it, 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 you'll it, find it. it. It's been in AirVenture today, and you can find it online. Yeah. Yeah. Last night we were at the uh, Chicago concert, and uh, uh, we That's heard that ringing in my ears. Yeah. Right. Her? And uh, we were out at the edge of the crowd, um, and we heard the crowd cheering in the background. Little did we realize at the time that one of the loud loudest voices in that crowd was someone who has been declared by, I don't know, was it the Northwestern? Some local newspaper has declared this person to be the number one Chicago fan. The biggest Chicago fan. The biggest Chicago fan. Turns out the biggest Chicago fan is our our fearless leader, Rick Reynolds, uh, on the uh, Air Air Venture Today Uh, newspaper. You didn't see that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I see, you know, and uh, so uh, we just want to kind of get Congratulations, add a boy, Rick. Yeah, you know, go for, for, go uh, for it, bud. For you know, you know, uh, and, and you know, uh, I, I think uh, that's a, that's a great thing. But th- there were bigger people there. Yeah, I'm just well, not sure. Not, I don't think fans. that's what they were going for. Rick has appeared on this podcast a number of different times, both in his role as uh, head of the uh, newspaper, uh, talking yeah, to us about uh, played with James on here, and also blues has and also played music for us. And that's kind of part of his his uh, his attachment. He's a musician, and uh, every year when the Monday concert happens, he's there. And right. uh, and if at all possible, he's on stage, you know, or backstage well, in the wings. several weekends a month. Yeah. So. so congratulations to Rick for being the uh, biggest uh, Chicago fan last night <laughs> at the concert. Uh, I think that's about it. We better start wrapping this thing up. Um, I want to remind everybody, uh, this will be on the on the web on Wednesday morning. 
Um, so there's still time, if you're listening to this and you're in the Oshkosh area, reminder that we're having our annual tie-down party, and we're inviting all of the UCAP listeners to come by on Thursday evening uh, from 6 to approximately 8. We'll probably be there later than 8, but don't plan on arriving much later than 8. And uh, 6 to 8 over on the grass at the Super 8 Hotel just outside the northwest gate of uh, the North 40. And come on over and say hi and uh, visit with us and uh, have a, a soft drink or a, some sort of adult beverage, and we would love to see you. That's There'll on. be adult beverages? There'll be there, uh, yeah, no, one or two. Uh, that'll be Thursday evening. Uh, what else? Fred, anything going on t- uh, today that we didn't talk about that is notable in, in whatever world you're paying attention to? <laughs> the, the world I'm paying attention to is Warbirds. Uh, we've got the B-24 here from Commemorative Air Force, and it's uh, it has had an evolutionary restoration for decades, and it keeps looking better. Every time I see it, it's a better-looking airplane than it was before. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, after rolling through there a couple of times so far this this year and and uh, being out there about this time last night uh, I want to really spend some quality time out there this show it looks like a really uh, interesting set of aircraft interesting array of aircraft and they're all impeccable and I'm really looking forward to spending some personal time out there in Warbirds what's happening tomorrow here at AirVenture anything notable big air show and big night Fireworks. Yeah, show. nighttime air show. The tomorrow, first tomorrow. First of two. First of two. First yeah. Two. One is tomorrow night. And uh, anything notable uh, in the air, in the Warbird world go. tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we're gonna have 75th anniversary of the T6 Texan family. Uh, they got a lot of those over there. Yeah. And okay. weather permitting, they're planning a formation with Texans in the form of the Roman, uh, excuse me, the Arabic numerals 75 for the 75th. Very cool, very cool. Uh, the Terra Fujio uh, transition apparently is going to fly again tomorrow, so that'll be kind of interesting. I know the crowd enjoyed that a lot. I sure and, hope uh, its wings don't fall. Oh, yeah. wait. Never mind. And all the other stuff is here, too, because uh, uh, AirVenture 2013 is going on. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of airplanes and a lot of people here, and the weather's beautiful. And if you're in the area, you ought to come by. Shout-out. I want to say a shout-out to uh, to Carter Rowe, the nine-year-old listener who I met at a party earlier tonight. A very, very uh, cool kid uh, who's a, a pilot and a discerning podcast listener, because he seems to like us. Carter, you, you made Jack's day and his night and probably his week. Nice work, my man. Yeah. This is uh, UCAP Daily. Air Venture 2013, 331 Delta. Delta. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.